We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo. Today, we are back with another just a banger. Uh, bangers on deck for the for the next few weeks of big screen sports, at least, because we are clearing out some backlog of movies that our Patreon group has voted in. Today, we are talking about Ford versus Ferrari. Um, this this one just hits. My guy, Ben Cruz, from The Ringer, back on the show. We, we chop it up on this one. But before we get into it, I do want to you know say thank you to our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Drees, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Classic Stadium Fire, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkelman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, Real Juan Balagoon, Jeff Estes, and Anthony Scaffone. Big thanks to them and all of the patrons for supporting this show and for how much just general patron support there's been lately between the number of votes we're getting in in the polls between folks chiming into the discord uh very much appreciative had a lot of great stuff going on and you know during the ted lasso season and now get to get to a lot of these great movies that patrons have nominated and voted in uh moving forward patrons going to be voting on almost every episode on this show in some form or another so uh, if you want to support the show, if you want to check out some of that stuff, patreon.com slash big screen sports. As for today's episode, again, it's me and my buddy Ben Cruz from The Ringer. We are talking Ford versus Ferrari. Matt Damon, Christian Bale. This movie hits. Let's talk to Ben. Talk Ford versus Ferrari. All right. Returning to big screen sports, my guy from The Ringer, Ben Cruz. Ben, how you doing tonight, man? Dude. I'm I'm so juiced to be back and to just do this pod again. Uh, thanks for having me. This is a it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, th- th- when you first texted me about this, I I realized I hadn't seen the movie since the first time I watched it. So it was great to just relive it and relive it with you in that text that we initially had. So thanks for having me, man. Great to be back. 
I'm I'm so excited. I mean, this is just going to be two dads chopping it up about a big time dad movie because this is <laughs> yeah yeah. But two old da- two old car companies is going to be sick. Oh, dude, this is a dad movie hall of famer. Before we get into it, tell the folks where they can follow you. What you what you have going on? You're a b- busy man right now. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, at Cruise Control on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and follow everything we're doing on the uh, the Ringer NBA show, uh, the Ringer Wrestling show as well. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts of Wednesday Worldwide on the Ringer Wrestling show feed. So check us out over there. And uh, you know we're we're downshifting a little bit into in heading into free agency and, and summer league here on the NBA side, but we'll still have enough NBA content to uh, fulfill your needs out there. So go check us out. Yeah, NBA just year round now. Um, what, what, Essentially, will you be making the pilgrimage to come see Wemby in his new home habitat? <laughs> uh, if if it's an excuse to come see you, aren't you nearby yeah. there? Yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like twenty five minutes away from the AT and T Center, which is a probably one of America's worst located sports arenas. Right. <laughs> I mean, you you're gonna be a Wemby. Right? Are you gonna go to Wemby Jersey? I I I don't know. I, I'm just I'm looking forward to at some point seeing him around town because I, I think I've said this on multiple pods now, but you you were officially a San Antonio local once you saw Tim Duncan filling up his gas somewhere in a pair of Junkos. And I'm really hoping that we get the same kind of action from Wemby. Yeah. Not not Junkos though. He he seems to be a stylish dude. Oh um, yeah. Maybe. I mean he's he's gonna be the yeah. most stylish person. I mean not to not to completely derail this podcast, but the thing that's like He's going to get to San Antonio and be like, man, there are some other cities that I might vibe with a little bit better than this place. Maybe, but like the other option was Charlotte. And I don't know. San Antonio seems to be a lot more fun than Charlotte. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But we got him for at least at least four years. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, L- looking, you know. It's Hoping a, it's, for the best there. It's different than Paris, if that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> a little different than Paris. Little, yeah, yeah. little different than Paris. But Santa, I mean, he, he Santa, already nailed the breakfast taco thing, though. He already right. like he knows, you know, he's he's here for a mission. He knows what that mission is. That mission is to consume breakfast tacos from every taco joint in, in the city. So he's he started off on the right foot. Which he did nice. his he did his research, which was good. But also San Antonio, the Paris of Texas. No, that, that, that isn't that the word on the street. It would be, but there's actually a Paris, Texas. So that's oh. a, that's a problem. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that derailed Paris, my Texas entire is, joke. Thank you. <laughs> Paris, Texas is actually the Paris of Texas. All right, that's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, anyways, everyone go check out Ben with, with everything that Ben is doing. But but dude, you're, you're here returning to the show to talk about a movie. This one was voted in by the big screen sports Patreon group to be covered a couple months ago is obviously got put on the shelf when, uh, when Ted Lasso graced us with its presence. But just like I said, first ballot hall of fame, dad movie tonight, we're talking about Ford versus Ferrari, the 2019 racing drama, American car designer, Carol Shelby and driver Ken miles battle corporate interference and the laws of physics to build a revolutionary race car for Ford in order to defeat Ferrari at the 24 hours of Le Mans in 1966 starred Matt Damon, Christian Bale and the great John Bernthal and a bunch of other just bang up. Awesome people is directed by James Mangold, 92% on rotten tomatoes nominated for four Oscars, one, two Oscars. This, I mean, Ben, I'll just kick it to you. This movie, there's no question here. This movie rips. This movie slaps. Oh, it's fantastic. 
Um, again, I had kind of forgotten the ebbs and flows of it from the first time I'd seen it to now. It was just one of those ones where I hadn't clocked it as like rewatchable in my head. Uh, and, and not because I didn't enjoy it the first time, but man, it, it just clicked again. You know, it, it, it kind of just has, look, da- we'll, we'll kind of get into like the specifics, but Damon and Bale mixed in with cars. Like if that was the pitch to someone who's that, that's my pitch to someone who's never seen this movie. It's Damon and Bale with cars, and it's not Fast and Furious. Although both would be good in that series if and when it goes to oh, number twenty. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, get like they could get like robot Carol Shelby in the series at some point. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, crossover. nothing's nothing's off the table now. No, no, no. Um, it's it's the perfect dad movie because like dad movies, there's there's World War Two movies, obviously. There's buddy trip movies, and then there's bromance movies surrounding machinery surrounding some sort of machinery and this is this is right there and i what i like about this movie is that the stake despite the movie ending i mean spoiler alert you should see this with a character with one of our main characters dying in a fireball the stakes never seem too stressful or too high it's just like it's a nice like you got a nice buzz going the whole time and something happens in every scene but nothing takes it too high too low like man this one just kind of cruises in which is ironic right because they're 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 driving at ridiculous speeds uh throughout the entire movie uh dangerous speeds uh but man it's it, it it keeps you locked in for the majority of it. And, and, you know, we can kind of nitpick a little bit later about some of the things that weren't as great about it. But for the majority of the movie, I'd say like 95% of the movie, you're just constantly wondering what's going to happen next uh, and, and just engaged, which is it's really tough to do for for like a two and a half hour movie. So, yeah, it's, it's just really, really well done, man. Really, really well done. Yeah. And it's interesting. The. This is what sports movies have become in the in the past ten years. It's either something kind of like mega niche, or it's got to be a big. T- if you're gonna get a, a sports movie off the ground, it's got to be some sort of big star driven vehicle that yeah. is based on something that actually happened. And this is this is one of the best examples of that working because like. This movie, I feel like, easily could have been a slog. Maybe you get the wrong leads, or you spend too much time with like Ken and his wife, or you know, certain certain other aspects. But for the most part, it's like it's it's pretty crisp. There's so much goodness, and again, it doesn't get too high, too low. Like it is just like it's it's just solid. Like it's really solid. For you, is it a Hall of Famer, All Star starter, or bench warmer? So, also, I need to admit something to you before I answer the question. For, for some reason, when you first asked me to do this movie on, on the pod, my first, my very, very first thought was, oh, yes, I love Chris Hemsworth. And, and then I realized <laughs> you weren't talking about Rush. Uh, also rips. Also great. Uh, but I would realized be the, it would be a fantastic <laughs> double feature with this movie. <laughs> right. Right. And then you'd go outside and drive 200 miles an hour. But I realized very quickly uh, before I responded to you that these were separate movies. But that was a, a, a fun moment. I have this locked in as an all star movie. Just just really, really solid storytelling. I mean, great performances from Damon and Bale. The flow of the movie from scene to scene is is just it's it's great. Again, it keeps you engage and really just wondering what's going to happen next 
Um, the only reason it's not a Hall of Fame for me, and this is just a personal thing, is just, again, usually when something clicks as a Hall of Fame movie for me is I want to see it again right away. Um, and it just wasn't one of those ones where, again, I enjoyed it in the moment the first time. Uh, it just wasn't something that I, I rushed to see. So it's it's borderline Hall of Fame, I would say. Maybe it's, it's like all-star fringe Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? So uh, th- that being said, just ugh, just just such a it was a good time, man. Like I, I didn't regret having to watch this movie again. That's that's exactly where I'm at. I think it's a solid all star. It's a guy who made the all star team like eight times. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a solid, dependable movie. And I think to borrow from you know, your employers, folks know runs my favorite movie podcast and the rewatchables. <laughs> this is a rewatchable in that this would have been if this had come out 20 years ago, we would have watched various parts of this movie on TBS and TNT. And it yes. still probably is on there at some point. But like, you know, you would watch a a solid chunk of this movie. Like, Oh, they're, you know, they're having to win that Daytona race. So Ken can get the, can drive Le Mans. Like, sure. I'm going to stick around for Locked that. In. They're doing the yeah. thing where they're tying the, the wool on the car and like figuring out doing the car training montage. Like I'm locked in. Let's do this for a couple commercials. Like it's just, or it's really solid. It's, and I, I kept going back. It's like, it's missing either some, like the highest highs that the, best sports movies have like something like I'll, you know, not to knock on my final category, but like, I'm not sure it has a big chill. Um, but it's, it's got enough where it's, I'm never, if this is on TV, I'm always going to turn it on. And I think that to me means it's at least an all-star. Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe, not putting it in the Hall of Fame seems like a knock, but it's absolutely not. It's it's just really, really well constructed. And again, to be a, there, there's a reason why being a Hall of Fame movie is is very rare in of itself. It's just like making the Hall of Fame in any sport, right? It's it's just really, really tough to do. And there are there's just some like really small things about this movie that might just keep it from that next tier. So, but shout out to shout out to the freaking Ford vs Ferrari team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would be all in on more movies like this because, like, yeah, very little, very little CGI, really simple premise. Uh, to, you know, two big stars doesn't try to do too much. I'm all all in on it. Um, little, some, couple little bits of fun trivia on okay. this one. This one's this is pretty common. It's marketed as Ford vs. V Ferrari in North America and most other countries around the world. It is titled Le Mans '66. Were you familiar with this race before this movie? No, the, Same. This, is a, this is an insane concept racing for an entire Nuts. day, 24 hours. And look, I there's breaks. I get that running a V. I, I just did a drive from the Bay Area to L.A. like six. It's like six, seven hours. I was exhausted for two days. When I got oh, home. yeah. Take, takes and, it out of you. Yeah. So, you know. I get they they again the breaks were the breaks were actually one of my favorite parts because I was so stressed watching watching uh, Christian Bale just drive around and you're you're just wondering like isn't he gonna get sleepy because they're I don't you know obviously you're going at an extremely fast speed so you're not necessarily you're not gonna get bored you're always like on the edge of your seat trying to turn and not die I get that maybe you don't need a Red Bull for that but man I just driving down the five out here in in California you just you get exhausted. You just you, your mind starts wandering. You're, you're you're drinking a Red Bull. You're chewing gum to stay awake. That is twenty four hours. 
is one of the most insane things I've ever heard to just drive. Oh, for that same. Long. Same. What do you? What would you do on your break? I was kind of wondering that because they're like they, <laughs> you know, great- he goes to sleep at one point, but there's another time he's just like drinking some tea, calling his wife, whatever. Like, what? What's the break strategy? So, what is my break in 2023 or in d- during their time period? Ooh, good point. Probably their time period. Okay. Ooh, man, I'm. I'm probably that just, actually changes it up for me big time. Yeah, I'm probably sprawled out. I'm I'm laying down. I'm starfishing it on the ground. I just want to be the opposite of crammed, right? Because when you're in that car, it's you're just in basically like a tuna can, right? Like you're just you're just inside again, super focused, trying not to die, and also trying to win the race. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I I just be sprawled out. I I assume that you know if I were if this were my line of work. Uh, back then, I'd probably f- find some sort of, you know, some sort of m- mental uh, mental space to just get into in, the, in a quiet space and just lay, lay sprawled out. Um, he was I don't know about reading that. That just doesn't seem like it would be that just seems more stressful. And I, I want to be yeah. completely relaxed. What do you got? Yeah. So if it's the part where I'm staying awake, because it seems like after his first shift, he stayed awake until his next one, and then he yeah. slept after the, the second one. So if it's 1966, listen, folks who know the, who listen to this podcast regularly know, I love a cigarette. And so I'm probably <laughs> just like, I'm because like you're getting out of that car and you're just amped. So I'm probably, I'm chiefing the whole time. Oh, you're right. Like, okay. I, you know, it, in 2023, you know, it's different. Like I'm, you know, I'm getting on Twitter, um, just like cooling <laughs> down. Cause like, well, obviously in 1966, we didn't all have all this prior knowledge that like smoking a hundred cigarettes between yeah. shifts at Le Bon's is probably not good for you. Um, but yeah, ni- 1966, you know, some, some black coffee, a bunch of cigarettes. Um, yeah, I, I think that they think that's probably it. And just kind of sitting there shooting the shit. You're not smoking while you're driving. Oh, yeah, probably not. Little cig hanging that, out the side of your mouth. I think you're going so fast. I think that's probably like imagine <laughs> trying to ash out the window and it just like it gets ripped out of your hand. Uh, that, that'd be tough. Yeah. No. All yeah. that to say, I didn't know about this race either before before I saw this movie. And at first, I thought it was the same guy I had to drive for 24 hours, like until yeah, they in the too. movie when they get the shifts. And I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. I don't care how famous no. you are. No, yeah. sounds sounds terrible. But now that I when I look at it, I think the title Le Mans sixty six is actually better. Like it's cooler. It's great. That's but a I, great name. I think it would have totally I think it would have bombed in America if that was the title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford versus for again, you you have a versus in there, a little little combative title. Uh, obviously Ford, very well known over here. Ferrari also very well known. So they did the right thing, but the other title, also great. Yeah, yeah, that title bangs. Um, so we bit of trivia. We, as we know, Christian Bale, a, a big above and beyond guy when he's when he's taking a role. In preparation for his role, Christian Bale took race driving lessons at the Bondurant High Performance Driving School. As it happened, the founder of the school had been a friend of Ken Miles. So, in addition to the driving, Bale also got to hear stories of the 1960s racing scene. Bale's instructor and the film stunt coordinator Robert Nagel later said. He's hands down the best actor I've ever trained. Couldn't be less surprised. Wow, he was, he was in. It. Does it say how fast he got up to? What speeds was was Bale driving at? 
So I don't know what Bale was doing, but I found an article on Car and Driver about this movie quoting that that guy Robert Nagel, the stunt coordinator, that the the racing in the movie, and that's I, I was gonna get into why this when we get into like what worked, but it works because the racing looks awesome. And it looks awesome because it was a hundred percent authentic. It was all oh. done. Yeah. Okay. It was it was all done. Like I, I'm sure they didn't have bail in a car going like two hundred miles an hour seems like, you know, quite the insurance risk. But they filmed all this racing, made it happen. Like that and I think that's where the movie succeeds the most is is again the lack of the lack of CGI and just actually getting in the shit and racing these cars for real. Yeah, I mean those scenes reminded me of <laughs> that episode of Entourage where uh, where Vince has to. Film Hell yeah, we got a we got an Entourage. Uh, I, you knew I had to drop one. Where uh, had to do it. Where oh my god, what's the name of that director? The the Notebook guy who's also he's just little nuts. Um, Cassavetes. Cassavetes. Is it, talking the smoke ju- smoke jumpers. No, it's it's the Cassavetes. Oh no no movie. no. Th- this is what caused him yeah, to like, kind of go in the downward spiral. Yeah, he's doing the jump. Yeah. and Cassavetes in the in the car with him with the camera. That's what these shots reminded me of because they were just so you were so in in the car and in the race. Uh, it just felt re- very in your face. They just they did that really really well um, for for yeah. a racing. Again, we've seen a lot of car movies and a lot of racing movies. This just felt a little bit different, and maybe it was because of it was again back in '66. But you just really felt like you were going that fast. I don't know. They, yeah, they, it was it was some great great camera work. Yeah, pretty fair to say this is on the Mount Rushmore of racing movies, at least for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it, it checked a lot of boxes for just a good movie, but then in terms of a racing movie, oh, it, it crushed it. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. This It's easy, this for me. Rush is also easy. I would say Talladega Nights, I love dearly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, like, you got Days of Thunder. You got probably, there's probably stuff I haven't seen that, uh, that that would count, but this this one is an easy Mount Rushmore pick. It's really really good. I mean, it it might yeah. be up. It's 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 really really high up there at this point. Yeah, it banks absolutely banks. Um, uh, this is a piece of trivia I found interesting. Uh, Tracy Letts, who played uh, Henry Ford, uh, Henry Ford the second, cried on command during the test drive scene by thinking about his late father, <laughs> just like the real Ford Ford the second did in a similar situation. I. I love a good like good story about that and and that that to me was really interesting. It's funny that um that scene when he, you know, Carol takes him around and yeah. you know rips him up and he starts crying. I remember that was used in the trailer. But the part about him crying because he wishes his dad could have seen this was not in the trailer. Like it's right. actually it starts as a comedic moment, but it's actually a very touching it's moment really for this, sweet for this guy. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it comes right after, too, uh, one of the guys says this is when he basically he alludes that he might shit himself, <laughs> that Henry Ford might shit yeah. himself. And then he's just crying. And again, it's it's really, you know, um, Shelby sitting there waiting for him to stop. He's like, are you OK, sir? Uh, and then, yeah, he reveals that whole thing. Um, and it's really kind of this breakthrough moment, too, of that he gets it and that Shelby's kind of won him over. So it's it's a really good scene. Really, really great scene. Yeah, yeah. If you're Henry Ford and you shit yourself because the car is moving too fast, do you have to sell the company? <laughs> I mean, you are venturing into new territory because before this, they were just making reliable cars, right? So it would make sense that once Henry Ford does venture into the racing world, 
he would shit himself. He doesn't know what's happening. Uh, and he got shit on to start this whole thing by uh, by Ferrari and Fiat, right? So it's it's possible, you, you, you know. So it's not shocking that he did or he didn't. I don't know. They don't actually reveal it, uh, which was they a little don't. disappointing. Yeah. To, to uh, saving Henry Ford's reputation with that one. <laughs> right. Um, although Christian Bale and Matt Damon are playing their own nationalities, they're still using different accents from their own. Bale, who is Welsh, had to adopt a Birmingham accent, while Damon, who hails from Boston, needed a perfect Texas drawl. I wanted to include this, or needed to perfect a Texas draw. Drawl. I wanted to include this because I wanted to have some discussion about the accents in general. Mm. Because again, these are two of my favorite actors. I think they're great in this movie. They're they're a lot of fun. But <laughs> thinking about both of them, Bale is being so the the British accent he's using seems so cartoonish, and the words like especially when he's driving and he's yelling at people and using these phrases. Like to me, it felt like he was an American like mocking British people. Like it was like he was channeling Dick Van Dyke, and then with Damon. I felt like he was using the same accent that he does when he does a Matthew McConaughey impersonation on a right. late night talk show. So those were the only, I couldn't get both of those concepts out of my head with these accents. So I was more curious about the Damon accent, especially for, from someone who lives in Texas. I, I didn't know how I felt about it at first when I first saw this and and on the rewatch. So I was like, Oh yeah, he does the accent. And then I just, I'm just used to Damon doing Damon stuff or, you know, he'll throw the, uh, or from Goodwill Hunting, right? Or so, mm-hmm. how did you feel about it? Because by the end, it kind of grew on me. But I'm also not from Texas, so I just felt like maybe it was it was just by the end of the two and a half hours, I'd grown accustomed to it, and I, that's why I enjoyed it. But wh- where do you stand on it in terms of, I guess, like how bad is it from someone who lives there? so. It also grew on me too. Like Texas is so big that there's probably someone who sounds like Damon around. Like he man- mentions the thing. Like I threw, I flew 44s out of San Antonio. Like there are still people who say that. And yeah, you know, it's not as, um, I found him. Did you see, uh, what was the, um, God damn it. What was the one with Jeff Bridges and Haley Steinfeld, uh, the Western, um, that true grit. So he's in true grit and he plays right. a Texas Ranger. And that one is a little more comedic to me. Um, but like, it it wasn't terrible. Uh, It was more, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't over the top, which I appreciated. Like he didn't, he didn't draw deep into the well. This is a really fun movie. One of my favorite concepts is just thinking about, uh, another character and actor played inhabiting that role instead. And so like, I found myself thinking of like Will Hunting as Carol Shelby, which would have been a lot of fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. when when Ford asked him the question about why he shouldn't fire you, it would be great to have the Will Hunting speech being like, you know how fucking easy this is for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that, but about cars. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, Bale, Bruce Wayne as as Ken Miles would be, would be interesting. And then... You know, Bernthal, there's an obvious choice. Right, uh, right. You know, who who we'd want. But um yeah, the, I mean the accents, you know, all that all that to say, like, you know, they the the Texas, the 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 southern accent, it wasn't he wasn't dipping too into the the obscure with it that like it it by the end of the movie it works. I think the only reason that we would look take like a hard look at that accent is because like we know it's Matt Damon from Boston. Right. 
Yeah, and that's, again, in the beginning, it's a little jarring. But again, by the end, you're kind of used to it. On the Bale front, I almost enjoyed how outlandish his accent was because my first instinct when I see Christian Bale is just, oh, shit, it's Batman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I can't help it. I know he's done other things. He's he's a great actor. He's he's one of the best. It's just he was so good in the freaking Nolan Batman that that's just mm-hmm. who he is to me at this point. So, again, when he first pops up on screen, that's the thought. And then he does the accent, and you're like, oh, shit, this is a different movie. And it pulls you right back in. So, I again, I think it had to be that ex- I don't think it had to be. For me, anyway, it probably had to be that extreme to just remind me that, yeah, he's he's not actually playing Batman. He's playing a race car driver in the 1960s. You know what I mean? Um, but it was... Uh, by the end, you know, you just, I, I, I think I stopped thinking about the accents about like halfway through, which was great because then you just kind of mm-hmm. get invested in the story. But their yeah. performances, besides those those accents, which you know could either I, I could see you it going either way, right, of pulling you in or out, were just I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, that's a it's the one thing when you have a movie with big stars like that is you walk in. And you have all this prior baggage that you do yeah. have to, to find yeah. a way to put away. And if they don't do a good job, you end up not putting it away. But they, they do. Um, I only I found one casting thing in the trivia that would have just been horrible. Just a- oh, absolutely terrible. Do tell. Uh, originally set to play Ken Miles, Jim Caviezel, who... Uh, Jesus Christ. Has been firing out some takes. Wow, Jim. Yeah. Cavie- How did they go from Jim Caviezel to fucking Christian Bale? That's amazing. I think this is one of those IMDb things where one, I, I still think that IMDb anyone can put things on there, and it was probably this had been in the works for so long that probably some mm. early iteration, maybe when this movie had a lot less funding, perhaps or a previous script treatment, because buddy Jim, man. When you have to, I mean, Jim Caviezel, I believe, has a movie coming out in theaters this weekend that is one of those just straight up propaganda movies and has been, again, firing off some takes. And then there's been a counter Jim Caviezel moment where people who've worked with him have basically said he's a fucking idiot. So, right. Um, all that to say, I do like the movie Frequency, though. Uh, <laughs> en- enjoy, enjoy Frequency. Um, and Deja Vu with Denzel. Have you seen Deja Vu? I love Deja Vu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one. Deja Vu is great. Incredible concept. Incredible Jim, concept in Deja Vu. Jim Caviezel is really blowing my mind right now. He would have went from... Yeah. Jesus, he would have played Jesus Christ and and, <laughs> and Ken Miles. That's, a, that's, that's range right there. I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah, really, really dipping into it. Uh, <laughs> our guy, Jim Caviezel. Uh, but let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll get back with three up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so three up. Uh, so three things, the, the three biggest things that worked about this movie. Leading, like what, what leads off for you? What, what stands out? We've talked about how this is a solid all-star. What's the biggest reason for that? Uh, I mean, we've actually talked about two of them already <laughs> that I had, which was Damon and Bale's performances and the, and the race car driving scenes. I think they, were, they mm-hmm. just really, really added or kind of completed the package of what they were trying to deliver. The other one that I haven't mentioned yet was Josh Lucas, who played... Uh, Leo Beebe. Yeah. Uh, he was just a really, really effective asshole. Uh, the and king foil. of the smarm here. Just the smarmiest greaseball. Dude, great shit-eating grin. Great shit-eating yeah. grin on this dude. And a very a very backstabby face. Like, you just... The minute you saw him come on the screen, you're like, oh, he's he's the asshole. It's it's not Wayne... It's not, um, it's not Lee Iacocca. It's this fucking guy. You know, so yeah. um, it's funny that he's one of those guys who can go either way, because, again, th- this is man. I believe it's the Home Depot. He's the voice of their commercials so, like this man. is yeah. man supposed to trust. Yeah. And then also like Sweet Home Alabama. Like, yeah, he's same guy. He's charming enough to get Reese Witherspoon to leave Patrick Dempsey at the yeah. aisle. Like, but man, he is. uh whew. We we've done an episode about movie dickheads before. He he should have been should have been in consideration. Massive dickhead. Man, he was he was on one, and for he just he just didn't like he just didn't like Ken Miles, and for for Not really no no apparent reason, just the aesthetic of him, the vibes, I guess. But he never really fully explained. He just said he's not a Ford guy. Right, which he insulted his uh his his precious Mustang though the first time they met. That's a that thing. is true. Bad uh, took, took, bad first he, impression. He took that shit personally. <laughs> yeah, it just it just carried it carried it with him for years, or I don't know how long this time period is, but it was uh, probably too long because man, Ken Miles was putting Ford on the map, just creating the car or creating the GT40, and then racing the shit out of it. He should have probably just scaled back and let it happen. I don't know. Yeah, and almost everyone else found Ken Miles fairly charming. Like they, yeah. you know, rough around the edges, but charming. The the Josh Lucas point is goes into one of my points in that every and it's it's what you get with a movie like this that's headed by you know headed by Matt Damon and has Christian Bale and like everything is very well cast. Like everyone is is very good. Yeah. And in these in these smaller roles, you get like a John Bernthal as Lee Iacocca, who's great. Tracy Letts, who we talked about as Henry Ford, is fantastic. Like he's yeah. So, so good. Uh, Ray McKinnon, who plays Phil, who is like Shelby's right-hand man. Yeah. He's, every time he says something, he's like, just like every movie like this needs that like savvy old-timer who just does everything by feel. Yeah. Uh, it, it just the, – the whole cast is is fire. So good. The cast – whoever was the casting director for this killed it. Um, Crushed and, it. I mean, sometimes you can have one member of the cast like not – not knock it out of the park. They literally batted a thousand with everyone. There was there was no one in this movie I didn't like. So yeah, that that I think really added to my enjoyment and, and you know the all star status of it. 
Yeah. It also, and I think you and I kind of speak to this specifically. It does what you need it to do if you don't know shit about cars. It explains the cars enough. It explains the racing enough. You feel like you've learned some shit when you, when you leave here and you feel enough confidence that it's the cool thing about like, cause I, like, we don't know a whole lot about cars, but you feel like Ken Miles driving that car and he gets out and he's like, Oh, thinks it's an airplane. And he, he knows all this stuff. And Phil knows to put the wool on the, on the car. So, uh, grabbing air. That's the problem. Over 90. Air's getting in, not getting out. It's the nose. I can feel it in the wheel. Mr. Miles, if there's a problem, the computer will find it. Oh, Charlie, get some scotch tape and a ball of wool. That gives you enough confidence to, is, as long as you know the movie knows about cars, you feel good about it. And I like, right. that, they, like that they did it. They gave, us, they gave us the confidence. No, totally. I mean, going in, like you're, my, at least my perception of just car movies or racing movies was just over the top, right? It's, it's Fast and the Furious. That's really it. And at some point, those movies just stopped being racing movies and became absurd action movies. Right. So to be able to kind of bring it down to a realistic level and a historic level, right, because this this shit actually did happen uh, was and, and to execute it this well, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And the, the the plot too. one of the things that work is very simple, very yep. understandable. Yep. They, they explain to you what the race is and it's just four needs to beat Ferrari one, one to be cool and then to protect uh henry ford's insecurities right like it's perfect perfect easy simple plot there's truly i mean again it's funny that not funny but like it's the movie ends with with ken miles dying a horrific death yeah but it's like it's fairly in all things considered like kind of low stakes for the most part but it's like it's important enough like it's it's a fun thing but they never make it feel like this like you know everyone's like Everyone in this movie, if Ken hadn't won Le Mans, probably would have been fine. Like every everyone would have been fine. Not the not the complete well, he, end of the world. He didn't he win Le Mans. Wanted them to win. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's fucked him over. Point. Screw you, Leo. I hate that. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he stinks. Um, and I think it needs to be said again. Just a great sound movie, Engine War. Like yeah. having this made watching this made whatever I paid for my subwoofer in my house, which is not like not a lot made it, made it all worth it. This, this right. it's movies like this movies, like uh Maverick. It's the ones though, when you watch at home and you just know, like, God damn it. I wish I could go back and watch this in theaters again. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think the first time I saw this was in theaters. So, and that the second time, uh, watching it last night really regretted it. Cause it's, it's, it's just so, audio what's is there a term for like it's so pleasing from an audio perspective you know and Mm -hmm. as 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 two guys who nerd out about audio on a day-to-day basis uh because of podcasts uh that probably would have just been you know kind of a chef's kiss moment in the theater Mm -hmm. yeah they racing it seems like a lot of these racing movies have a really kind of a low floor of being cool. Cause even like Talladega nights, the race, the racing is actually great. Like you get great engine sounds. They do all the camera stuff that was, you know, directly inspired from days of thunder, which was like the original, you know, Hey, let's, let's make racing look 
awesome. But this is this just builds on that legacy, and all the racing is really cool. And the fact that they actually went and did it, um, you know, they they went to they went to they found a track in they found like a, a country road in Georgia that because I couldn't film at Le Mans now because it doesn't look the same, and they found a country road in Georgia that mimicked that had kind of the similar features and filmed it all there. And so they have these guys in these old looking cards. Yeah. It just like, I, I, I so appreciate because they could have CGI'd a ton of this and they didn't. And it helps the movie stand out. Cause like once you get to Le Mans, this movie is cooking. Even once you get to like Daytona, like the, the yeah. movie, all, you know, all the scenes around it, like are good, you know, a lot of great dialogue scenes between characters and stuff. But this movie's at the best when, when guys are just going 200 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, again, your point there about racing movies having a floor is a great point because the sounds just, they do something, right? They they just kind of give you this feeling. Have you seen the movie Driven from 2001? It's with Sylvester Stallone. Is that, uh, that's Sly Stallone, right? Yeah, and and I I think I, so that that used to do like an HBO or Showtime run at some point. I remember seeing that in theaters and really just because of the sounds like sunshine from freaking remember the Titans is in it. He's, he's, he's oh, one yeah. of the main characters, <laughs> which is an insane sentence to say out loud. Uh, but no, it's, I mean the way that they really just kind of build this, this whole world and make you feel a part of it uh, is, is really just top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just solid all around the, yeah. this, this also, this guy, this is 18 points, 12 boards. Yeah. Yay, can't miss. On a, night in and night out. Um, okay, the strikeout, the worst or most head-scratching aspect of this movie. Again, with, with really good movies, sometimes it's hard to point out. Did you have something? The only thing that I had was the length of it. Uh, we've been kind That's... of alluding to this for the first half of the show. Two hours and 32 minutes. Uh, and Long. On my rewatch, I watched it on YouTube TV. And the version that they gave me had commercials. So, oh, no. So two hours, 32 minutes of movie. But I think there were five five breaks at like three minutes each. So that added another 15 minutes. This was a damn near three-hour experience to relive this movie. It was all worth it by the end. But I feel like there were – I feel like you could have told me this story in a tight two hours. There's like 30 yeah. – it felt like 30 minutes too long. That was also I have I have on my my run sheet uh, probably ten to fifteen minutes too long. I think you are actually right that it's probably thirty minutes. We need to get to Le Mans sooner, and I'm trying to think of ways you know areas we get a lot of lead in before we yeah. get to our actual plot. Ford has to beat Ferrari. Yeah. So you know there there's probably I I think it's more on the front end actually that they they could have cut some stuff up it is nice to get a a lead in and meet our characters and things like that and and you know see that but like do we need to know that Ken's garage is is failing like we could have just you know that could have been one sentence how like, about the, oh, you know, the garage is closed how about i top you on this do we need to see Ken Miles die <laughs> no. So you you cut out. That's a that. good. That's a, that's a good point. That was also on my my three down for three things that didn't work. Ending with the sweet child that we've been watching develop this relationship with his father. Ending the movie essentially with him watching his dad die in a ball of flame is like oh I remember watching it and be like fucking what? It's such like a bummer. The, <laughs> it's such I a know. fucking bummer. And 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 it's, then pop, pops just 
pops at the uh, when they're um, him and Shelby are trying to sell that car, and he says, you know, can you come out? And Shelby doesn't want to do it, and he just says, sometimes they don't get out. Like Jesus, pops, <laughs> God damn, it's been six months. Let let the man grieve. Oh yeah. my god. It, it's a nice it's a nice moment with Damon and the wrench and the kid at the end of the movie. Uh yeah. the, and no no jupe, no jupe. Uh but you could have just had it at the it ends like, you know, uh I pro you know, you promised me the drive, not the win. Enzo Ferrari giving him the nice hat tip, and then it goes to black. Ken My you know, six months later, Ken Miles passed away you know died in, died in a training you know right. whatever and then and then all the same stuff and i think like i think that probably goes over better and you save like 10 minutes or you just cut out even more i mean the wrench thing fine I'll, I'll, if but even if we cut that out i'm just being kind of cold-hearted here and trying to get this down to a tight two uh <laughs> you you just run the the end of movie text and just fill it in ken miles died in a this thing that you know a training accident and you explain how you know him and and carol uh you know put the gt40 on the map like it's still there like it it sucks he died during a training accident like even i was doing some research after because i finished what i remember i finished watching again last night and i was like is that really just he just died like that like there has to be more to this no he just died in a training accident in, in yeah. his wikipedia entry, i read that's I read really how it happened yeah, I read how it happened too, and whew, buddy, yeah, not how I want to go out. <laughs> it sucks. It's not not on my list of of top deaths. That's without it. a doubt. It's awful. And look, I again, I don't mean to be cold hearted, but this was again, this was a two and a half hour movie that easily I think could have been two. And I will say, I started. You, you know how at the end of Lamont when he decides to start slowing down. Yeah. To uh, I I got as soon as the race is over, I as a as a watcher and a podcaster who takes notes on movies started started slowing the engine down. I shifted down a couple gears. I started, you know, I, I might have gotten on Twitter, like you know, checked what I missed while watching this movie. Like it's definitely like a very slow decline at, at the end of the film. So I I think you're you're spot on that probably could have just ended with the race. And maybe I'm just being selfish because it's just so abrupt, right? Where yeah. remember the first time I had the similar reaction to you when he's going around, and he you just see the you know the ball of dust and the the, the fireball, You're like oh shit! I <laughs> yeah, it's, what how it it just was uh it really right again, after he gives his son the thumbs up. Oh my god! It's dude. it's like what man? Y'all could have just like he was would have been. It would have been w- devastating if we read it, like in the, right. the post credits. But it's oh, it's and tough. he's not—he's not wearing any fireproof suit. He's just in—he's in there in a white t-shirt and jeans. You're like, yeah, he burned up. He burned to death. That is awful. That is <laughs> moment it, of moment of silence. Couldn't moment be less. <laughs> Podcast moment of silence for Man. Ken Miles. R.I.P. Ken Miles, a real one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Racing Hall of Famer, stock car yeah. racing Hall of Famer, as we find out. Um, did you have anything else that didn't work about this? Uh, that was really it, man. I mean, it was because it was just really such a bummer after kind of going on this ride with them. Uh, I just, I just didn't like that part of it. But again, I get it's what actually happened. But still, I mean, mm-hmm. to see him just killed off like that 
with again with the payoff line from Pops being sometimes they don't get out. I don't know. Didn't really feel like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So the the film like it it obviously it fails the Bechtel test. There's only one char- female character I think with a speaking role, which like in a movie like this, like all you know this happened. A lot of the most of the most of the people were men. I just the plot with Molly and Ken is a little thin because it like I she's she seems like a day one top tier sports movie supportive yeah. wife. Like she's she's up there with Costner's wife in Field of Dreams. But it's like we have the one scene with her, you know, going getting super pissed about him possibly taking this job and driving the car crazy. And then as soon as she finds out that he's getting paid two hundred dollars a day, which is like nineteen hundred dollars now a day, like that's making a good oh, that's living. the it's equation. Their, yeah, their one source of conflict is resolved. It's it, in one on one hand it's kind of refreshing because usually the race car driver wife is like the, oh you need to retire this is so dangerous i don't love this you know you need to you need to come back and it was more about like is this actually going to be a source of income for us and our family because your garage is closed and we're you know right. don't want to move we have no nest egg and things like that so i don't i don't where where were you at on the the ken molly relation i just found it a little thin i i feel like there's one more thing I needed from that, but I'm not exactly sure what. So I'm kind of just making a bullshit complaint here. No, I, I was fine with it. Um, big fan of Molly, though. She was she was great. Uh, the, the actresses. Yeah, nothing name. on. Yeah, any anytime she had a um, and anytime you know she she got to chew on a little bit. Uh, so this this one is, is tough for me as someone who is bad with names. Katrina, yeah, Katrina Balfe. Yeah, I don't know. It's you, it's it's tough. I, I I wasn't I wasn't built to say that name. <laughs> no, to your point though, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, their relationship was fine. I mean, the the most compelling scene was that one where she starts speeding through, and you know, she's she keeps basically she thought he was cheating. I guess you know what I mean, uh, or having an affair of some sort, or was driving again, and she gets upset. Um. But yeah, I, I and that moment that her and Shelby have at the end, where they just kind of wave at each other, I'm like, is there, is there probably some bitterness there? Like he was, it's literally the reason your do your your husband is no longer here. Uh, so I enjoyed her work separately. The relationship, I guess, I could have, I could have took or leave it or taken it or leaving it. So it or left it. Jesus, my uh, past present tense here is getting all messed up. But you know, it's. It was fine. I I guess not too big complaint, but I, I see your point though that it wasn't completely necessary. It was just I guess you need a relationship to to latch onto. But I was more invested in his son's his relationship with his son because mm-hmm. you just saw that more and how much his son loved to see his dad race. Yeah, yeah, which then made it stink when his son saw his dad die oh in a God. ball of flames. It was yeah. the big big bummer. Um, okay, let's get into best scene. Is there a scene in this movie that stands out for you uh, head and shoulders above, or do you want to run through some nominees and, and talk it out? Because I found a lot of these kind of on the same level. Well, no, let's run through them. I mean, I have a couple favorites listed down, but I want to see the, kind of what nominees you have listed, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay, so uh, the the first race, the Willow Springs race, this is like when we first meet Ken. When we see Ken and Carol together, we just – it's a it's a very learning scene. You learn Ken is a hothead. Him and Carol have an understanding relationship. 
and that Ken is actually really, really good. Like Ken wins that race with a broken ass windshield. Um, that that's a quality scene. You get the wrench throw. Um, I really like when Ford motor visits Italy. I, yeah. I, I really Great enjoy scene. that. That's yeah. That's, and that's a mix of, that's the combo of, I like when Bernthal is pitching Henry Ford on that and then going to Italy. Also Italy, nice country. Every, you know, looks just really nice. On, <laughs> what on, a hot on take camera. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a scorching hot take by you. No, it's, yeah. It, yeah. it was a, I, I love that scene too. It it felt very, very godfathery to me, right? Yes. They, they got to do this meeting in secret. The photographer running to Fiat uh, to kind of leak those pictures just to drive the price up, and then you know Ferrari getting offended. It, it just felt it felt like a little different from the rest of the movie, especially even like the way it was shot, uh, the lighting, but in in like a great way that it was it felt different. So yeah, great, great, yeah, great pick. Yeah. Uh, Carol, Lee Iacocca coming to pitch Carol on helping them build a car to win Le Mans and Carol explaining Le Mans because like, that's me. That's like Leo pointing at the yeah. screen. Like, Oh, now I understand this when he says it ain't about the speed. He explains to the audience what makes the race so challenging. Like talking about what a physical mental endurance it is. The thing about, you know, that driver, you know, bleeding on the track, like maybe that guy's your friend, maybe he's on fire. And it's just like, man, this race is for psychos. Yeah. And by the way, he had a, a apparently a very scary, what was it, like a heart condition. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> and this dude had to drive for hours on end. That Yeah. You should stop racing Carol Shelby. And he was, he was kind of bummed about it. Racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah although he's take taking out his aggression that we see him i believe driving in traffic twice and both times he's a aggressive hazard yeah aggressive yeah. af <laughs> yeah big time uh big time asshole driver yeah um okay uh this is probably one of my first there there's the montage i mentioned i've mentioned the ball of wool thing a few great times scene. which yeah. like it, yeah great scene shows their car savvy it's like our version of the training montage but this is this is one of my first scenes that um uh, this is now sometimes i in the past on the show i've referred to this is like a scene you might go watch on youtube this is now a scene that if it pops up on tiktok i watch the whole thing of uh that's where we're at now when carol sells ford on not firing him which i mentioned earlier yes would work perfect would work perfect for the will hunting speech but when he gives him the long monologue of you know old enzo and ever seen anything move that fast so you see that like yeah they might have you know fallen on their face at le, at le mans but they're getting somewhere they've they've reached that speed the potential is there they just need ken and then it ends with him showing showing carol the factory and talking about how they won world war ii the war sick yeah, love that. But our last lap, we clocked 218 miles an hour down the Mosan Strait. Now, in all his years of racing, old Enzo ain't never seen anything move that fast. And now he knows, without a doubt, we're faster than he is. Even with the wrong driver, and all the committees. And that's what he's thinking about. He's sitting in Modena, Italy, right now. That man is scared to death that this year, you actually might be smart enough to start trusting me. So yeah, I'd say you got Ferrari exactly where you want him. 
And the beginning of that scene, too, where he says, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say you've got Ferrari right where you want him. You're welcome. <laughs> the arrogance is just is just top notch by Shelby slash Damon in that. Um, that's that's a great scene because you kind of know where it's heading because, you know, because everything unfolded the way that Shelby thought it would, the way that Miles thought it would. And then this was, you know, BB and, and Leah Ikoga kind of having to eat their shit. Uh, in front of Henry Ford. So you knew it was going to be a good scene, but the execution of it was even better. Yeah. Yeah. It has two, really two of my favorite quotes. Like when we get to best quote, like my, you know, what he's telling him about what Henry, what Enzo Ferrari saw them do on that fast lap. And then what, what Henry Ford says about uh, the factory. I also love um, the, the explosion scene when Ken is test driving at night and the brakes go out, the visual yeah. of the brakes going out is sick. It looks like the tires are melting. I'm like, that's effective. I, I, as someone who doesn't know cars knows what's going on. I know that's not good. That definitely looks like a scene from fast and furious, right? Like if you saw that oh, fast and sure. furious, you wouldn't even blink twice. But in this case, you're like, Oh, he's going to die if he doesn't get out of this thing. Uh, yeah. And the tease of it too, or the, the you know, the actual, eruption of the fire the first time and then the tease of it later during the actual race uh is is just phenomenal it's, it's a great visual you know yeah yeah it's because it, it's smart to give it give it to us then so we know in the race what's happening in fast and the furious though it would have been like yo Taj, put nitrous directly into the tires like the right. nitrous tires like just well, they something they would have had space tires now ludicrous <laughs> would have installed some sort of you know fire extinguishers within the tires to put them out would have been great yeah would have yeah would have would have gone differently um the the daytona 24 the first race in the movie mm-hmm. that we actually care about and this one specifically just for the when carol walks out to the side of the race with the sign yeah. that says seven thousand plus go like hell how is that not more of a meme? Like oh, he's holding up a it sign, be like the guy with the sign. Yeah, yeah. I, now it's like the current one. Now is uh, Courtney Kardashian holding up the sign to tell Travis Barker she's pregnant. Like I've she's seen pregnant. that. I've seen that meme with various you know rotating things on the sign hundreds of times at this point. How yeah. is this one not as like the full the full version of it too? Him writing the shit on the sign, crossing the road finding the spot and just raising it in the car and and ken miles seeing it that's incredible and also ken miles clearly eats a lot of carrots because his vision is crazy good how do you see i was gonna say if that had been if that had been me driving we would have lost that race because i would have like i would have been up there like squinting squinting (laughs) squinting as i pass and be like oh hope it wasn't important or (laughs) or even worse you slow down and then you lose the rest of the fucking race you know like, oh shit, seven thousand. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been in tough shape. Um okay, so like I said, the movie starts cooking when you get to Le Mans. If I had to pick one part of of the race, it'd just be the beginning. Like mm. from because from the get-go, it's it's sick. Like there's multiple wrecks, like right as Ken is leaving, the door refusing to close. <laughs> it's amazing. It is so I forgot how satisfying it is when he actually gets it to close with the with the with rubber the hammer. Mallet because he yeah, keeps yeah. you know with the hammer, he keeps like swinging and it's not closing, and then you like click like I need that kind of satisfaction. I need a door that won't close, and then I need that click feeling. 
He's coming in. Oi, he's coming right, in. He's coming in. Let's go. Fast it. Come on, let's go. Move it. I think it's his door. That's a rough start for the 14. So early. The bloody door won't close. All right, all right. Presto per cominciare il problema. Yeah. 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 What the hell is wrong? Oh, you're joking, aren't you? Guys, get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Go, 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 go. I thought I was going to go the other way. I thought they were just going to rip the door off. <laughs> he was just going to go, <laughs> which obviously I don't think you can do that in, in, in an actual race. But I thought I remember the first time thinking when he um, pops got the mallet. It's like, oh, he's gonna beat this door off of the off its hinges, and he's gonna race without a door. Oh, let's let's buckle up. And again, that, that's <laughs> that's obviously too much Fast and the Furious uh, just embedded in my head of just the most extreme measures to complete a race. But uh, th- that was a great scene. Him just like constantly banging the door until he he pitted like right after what one lap. Yeah, yeah. One, I mean, once you get to Le Mans, it's like it just okay. Just sit back, enjoy enjoy the, the race. Like enjoy the the racing in the dark, the racing in the rain. Him trying to overtake the Ferrari driver. You know, you get to the part where it's finally them neck and neck. The Ferrari driver's engine blows. I wouldn't put the scene about them trying to, you know leaving it up to Ken to slow down if he wants, because like, it's like, man, Leo BB, just like, man, you just, you just want to punch him in the nose. Right. Uh, did I miss any of your favorite scenes? Uh, the only one, uh, Oh, well, we kind of talked about this one already. The, the, the test drive scene with Henry Ford. Oh, uh, that's right. And it's, it's really just that whole scene from when he locks from when Shelby locks BB in his office um all the way through is just great because you know when you know he's going to have to distract BB in some manner the way he does it is so simple but kind of unexpected right where he just walks him into his office locks the door from the outside uh and then takes forward on this joyride and then you know we we kind of talked about the, the Henry Ford part of it already but that scene is is incredible um where Henry Ford at the end is just, you know, through, through uh, like on the moon, right. He's on cloud nine after just kind of going on that joy ride. So I, I love that scene as well. Yeah. That that's a, man, that's a really good one. And like, there's a reason it was the trailer scene. Yeah. Um, with that being said, what's, what is the best scene in this movie? Oh, I mean, I guess, uh, well, for me, it, it was kind of the, the fur month, the fur on the car montage for me. That was just like my favorite scene, I think, because that really just showed everyone's genius for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it really just revealed why Ford was going to probably win because they, these guys are just all savants at what they do and just ha- their knowledge of race cars and, and cars in general, just how to take them to the next level. Um, and, and look, montages can be hit or miss. Sometimes they can be super cheesy. This actually had, some utility in 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 the storytelling so i really appreciated that that's, that's probably where i would go and that's just like a personal favorite um but yeah I, what, what did you have man it's tough as well i i like i said i really love the scene 
post the first time they go to Le Mans and then he's, he's talking to Henry Ford about why you shouldn't fire. And like, I love that. I love that, that kind of monologue. Um, but if like, if I'm turning on the movie, so I, I have this now when infinity war comes on, cause infinity war is on all the time. Yeah. When infinity war comes on every time I turn it on and it's on like TNT or something, I am hoping it is at the scene where Thor shows up in Wakanda. Yeah. Like right. That moment is my favorite moment. And the other day I turned it on and it was literally the, like the light was bringing him down. And I was like, this is the best TV turn on in history. If I was turning it on in that moment, I would want it to be right as they're lining up to start Le Mans. And I would want to see like the beginning of that race. And I would, I would want things to go. So I think I am going with that. That is my favorite, my favorite scene in the movie. That's a good call. Can't go wrong. A lot, lot of great yeah. scenes in this movie. A lot of great scenes. A um, lot of great scenes. For best quote, are there a lot of great quotes in this movie? There's a lot of great... So, the there's there's one of my, my favorite exchange is when Lee Iacocca comes back from Italy and he says, uh, Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. Henry Ford says, what did he say? <laughs> And Lee Iacocca says, he said, Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And he calls you fat, sir. So when I was watching it back, I was like, does he call him fat? Because I remember the, I remember the, he makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. I don't remember if he called him fat. I feel like Lee Iacocca added that in uh, for, I don't know, just to throw some shade at his boss. That exchange was, uh, was, was fantastic. When Carol Shelby says, and this is just a Talladega Nights connection, if he says, you, if you're not winning, you're losing, it's just Ricky Bobby saying, you know, That's, you're first, you're last. It's just a, a, a classier way to say it. Um, Ricky and, Bobby and Durs, man. That movie still still rips. Exactly. And then the last other line that I loved was uh, Shelby re- basically recruiting Miles back the second time. Uh, to be the driver, and he said they said I had. I, they said I had car blanche this time. I looked it up. It's French for horseshit. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> just just a great a great one liner. Love that. Um, I I think my two favorites are both in that scene with it with Carolyn and Shelby or uh, Henry Ford um, when he's doing you know the thing about the last lap we clocked two hundred eighteen miles down the Mulsanne straight. Yeah. Um, you know, old Enzo ain't, ain't never seen anything move that fast. I like that one, Henry Ford, with the you think Roosevelt beat Hitler? Think again. Yeah. Uh, there's also there's the the narration monologue that Shelby has about like there's a point at seven thousand RPM. Seven thousand RPM. Fades. Yeah. So that to me was just like Dominic Toretto saying, for those ten seconds, I'm free. Yeah. When he's talking about I used to drag here back in high school. That's yeah. No, the seven thousand RPM. I mean, what does he say? He says, when when you're seeing or something becomes weightless, it just disappears. The machine and, becomes weightless, yeah. just disappears. And all that's left is a body moving through space and time. It's probably what uh, Maverick felt like when, in that uh, in the test run in the <laughs> right. of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Whether he died or not, who knows? <laughs> that's I mean, that's that's the prevailing theory. Did, did right. Maverick die in Top Gun Maverick? Right, exactly. But, yeah, I think... Um, Man, I, th- I it's tough. I, I I think uh I think I'm just going with the the um You know what? I'm going with the the one you promised me the drive, not the win. 
I like yeah, that. That's good. I like that. That was a good one. I like that. Uh, most athletic moment in this movie. So driving is an endurance sport. Yeah. But there's not, I don't know if there's a particular movie. It's just like driving for 15 plus hours is an athletic moment. Is there anything their, their fighting skills aren't that great when they scrap <laughs> a little bit on the lawn. Hey, I'll tell you uh, that first punch by, by miles was, it caught, it caught Shelby way off guard. So he's, he had some, uh, that, that just goes to show his elite hand-eye coordination skills. But I mean, the driving abilities is what really stood out to me. And, and I think especially since drive to survive has come out and it's mm-hmm. really opened up, I think most Americans eyes at just how intense driving is in general as a sport and how elite like your, your hand-eye coordination really needs to be to, you know, not die and, and navigate a vehicle at those, you know, in those insane speeds. But I mean, I, I, the the 24 hour Le Mans, again we talked about this earlier it just sounds insane I, I, th- that type of endurance it, to have the again you have to be in shape to do that too right it's, mm-hmm. it's not just you know obviously you need to have the mental strength to do it but to be in that type of shape to be able to withstand that staying in that position for such a long period of time and who knows what the effects are of just going that fast constantly for hours on end due to your body um you know i I know again we know there's shifts it's still insane like driving is at that speed is an insane athletic ability insane insane and and carol gets into it when he's talking to lee iacocca about like how your mind it's like so hard on your mind like you're so tired you can't see straight and you're yeah it's it's absolute insanity so there's not like a you know, there's not a, a Vince Carter all-star game dunk in this movie, but it's just like that single action is easily the most athletic moment. Although, honorable mention to the drivers who had to uh, run to their cars to start Le Mans. <laughs> what a, a, a nice sprint there. What a random, but it's super cool way to start a race. <laughs> just, I, I, I wish Mar- <laughs> Mario Kart should really institute that. That, that would just really that would take be, it to the next that level. That would be fun. Yeah, I like that. Smash like that. A. Master A until you get into the cart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. Who is in the movie too much? I would say it's just, just Damon and Bale. Everyone yeah. else is kind of a supporting character. Yeah. I I had BB. Uh, it's, I, it's think, I think it's BB as well. He really makes the conflict of the whole story more than just about winning the race, right? Like I think that would be too simplistic. And he really just makes you obviously you're rooting for for miles and and shelby to win the race because they're you know the they're the protagonists but you also just want to see them stick it to this dude who's just you know just a jackass so he's he's fantastic yeah yeah i it's it's definitely him because the movie needs some sort of convincing maybe not a villain but like a big time thorn in their side uh the other sort of villain is uh, Remo Girone as Enzo Ferrari because he gets yeah. that one moment. He gets to make that speech telling Lee that Henry Ford's executives are worthless sons of whores. It's just fucking the most savage. Like, oh, they do it different over here in the old country when yeah. they tell someone off. Um, but then at the end, the little hat tip to Ken, I, I really appreciate that. Great. So I like him. 
Uh, Ray Ray McKinnon is Phil Remington, who I've shout out to as Carol's right hand man. Are you know great? Obviously, Bernthal. You know, my my heart wanted to give it to Bernthal. Um, you know, shout out Chris Ryan, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Josh Lucas as Leo Beebe. Like it, it's exactly. I think he has the most crucial supporting performance, really, because you need you need that guy to dry to like make your intestines boil. Right, because on some level, Ferrari, despite them being the, I guess, the antagonist of sorts, it's like they're Ford's a, a massive, massive company, right? Out here trying to squash a much smaller company. Obviously, you know, Ferrari's kind of at the, you know, at the, at the tippy top of, of the autom- automotive industry, but they're also about to go bankrupt. You know what I mean? It's not like they were thriving. And, you know, Henry Ford has that whole speech in the beginning where he, he, he makes it sound like they're about to go out of business. They're not about to go out of business. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're one of the biggest freaking companies in the world at this point. So yeah. they're, um, they're still around. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not like a, it's not, it, if, if anything is a David versus Goliath thing, it's Ferrari mm-hmm. being the David <laughs> and, and Ford being the Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. You could argue that this is a movie without really any hot people in it. Like, because it's, it's not... Like, Damon has been good-looking. I think he has won this award before for previous movies. It's like... This isn't, like, the hottest movie on the planet. It's not because... And is that because it's from the 60s and everyone's just kind of scaled down? A little bit yeah i think it's from the 60s most of our leads are kind of like schlubbier or always covered in motor oil and not in like a hey this handsome mechanic kind of way um i mean obviously like uh bale's wife who we talked about she looks great she was um, my she was my nominee i think she's fantastic she's, yeah, yeah she i mean in a in a sea of of schlubby kind of dudes, she stands apart. I mean, in, yeah. in like looking at her and Ken Miles, it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like Ken Miles must have a great personality, right? Because um, yeah, she's 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 looking very good. Uh, okay, best time, worst time. Which character had the best time throughout the course of the movie? Which had the worst time? Best time. I've got Henry Ford the second. Just to be clear, because. Uh, uh, Ferrari made sure that we knew he was the second huge come up for Henry Ford. Big the come second. Up. I mean, d- yeah, this dude felt like his company was about to be out of business and they were dated and they were old. And, and by the end of the film on top of the racing world, his cars finished yeah. one, two, three, he, he was able to orchestrate some sort of photo finish. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure he had some sort of strange orgasm <laughs> during that scene, uh, during the Carol, Carol Shelby scene where he's he's taking him on the joyrider on the track. Th- this dude, he couldn't lose. He, you know, he had obviously the first, very first race that they have with Shelby at the helm. They don't do too well, but they figure it out pretty goddamn quickly for for a new yeah. company on the scene. Just an amazing time. He's also a billionaire, which yeah would make life generally easier man left in the middle of a race in a helicopter to have lunch. Yeah. Which Enzo Ferrari jabbed him about. Right. As well. Hey, sorry, Enzo. You, you're a little jealous. We get it. (laughs) Yeah. You take a helicopter to lunch if you could too, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, worst time. Okay. So does, does Leo baby have a bad time? Because we keep seeing him getting kind of thwarted at every turn. He's pissed that Ken miles is driving. It seems like he has a lot of stress, 
But he also has a continual come up. He becomes the head of Ford he gets Racing. Promoted. He's such a smarmy. Yeah. yeah, he's such a smarmy little shit poster. Like he gets he gets what he wants at the end too. Like Ken Miles doesn't get the win. I don't know if he has a bad time. No, I and ultimately, again, he he he's the one who orchestrated that that top three finish, right? Or that photo finish anyway. So at the end of it, he's the big winner. Cause he also was able to, to fuck over Ken miles. Cause he doesn't yeah. end up winning the race. So he, and he, you know, he's, he, and Henry Ford, the seconds eyes, Leo BB, everything that he's done has been a success. That's so a good point. despite all like the, the small stresses of, you know, when he tells Miles to slow down, he you know he he has that. What is he? He gets the uh, the track record for a lap. Um, that's like probably his biggest loss of the entire thing. And he just that's a good winning. point. I would say then worst time is Enzo Ferrari because mm. he starts out the movie needing to take kind of a floater deal with Fiat, and then he loses his beloved. 24 hours Le Mans race to an American and pretty handedly too. pretty Not handedly early has to eat some pride. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's that qualifies for worst time. Everyone else kind of has the same time. I'll, I'll propose you this worst time for worst time. Ken miles. Ken, and, and Ken miles. Let, let me, uh, I'll break this down for you. So he just, he just has a series of ups and downs that are so high and so low that I don't know if you could really enjoy the high. So, like, he wins that local race, right? The IRS then takes his garage. So Tough. Big up. Tough. Not what you big want. Big down. He gives up racing, right? Gives up his dream. Tough to do. Then he gets a job with Shelby where, again, it looks like he's going to be Ford's driver. He's helping them orchestrate the GT40. Then he isn't. He's just the rug completely pulled out from underneath him. He used to sit home, listen to the to the race on the radio like a bum. And, and th- then all of a sudden he becomes the driver because of the epic failure of his entire team. Wins Daytona. We're on the up and up. He's winning Le Mans, crushing everyone, and then gets screwed over at the end. And then he dies. <laughs> it's 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 severe. That's an open and shut case. That is uh yeah, he had the worst time. Too much of an emotional roller coaster, man. I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah, it's so that he that's was my th- worst time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're gonna skip the Keith Morrison category unless you had a great Dateline episode from this movie. Uh, uh, I only had, you know, if there was any true crime stuff to to look into. Be Leo BB definitely committed some awful cancelable acts behind the scenes. A hundred, a hundred. <laughs> Percent. He just he just had that type of vibe and that type of face. Yeah, yeah. Um, so roster moves with which character would be Airbud? I also I, I kind of touched on it. Uh, you know, I touched on it earlier that I I think this would be one one of those great movies where if you could transplant another character that an actor had played in the movie with Will Hunting and maybe Bruce Wayne. Uh, but w- which character would be Airbud? And who who'd be the best? best replacement for Airbud or best replaced by Airbud. I think Ken Miles. Airbud driving a car, Ken- sticking his I, head I, for that out exact the window. Reason. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, for that exact reason. I think it's and then also barking all those British insults and in subtitles at at the oh, yeah. drivers. I think would be really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Airbud is Enzo Ferrari though, calling Henry Ford's executive sons of whores sons would be of, nice. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I kind of realized that I just love putting Airbud in scenarios where Airbud is a piece of shit. <laughs> Right, it's funny oh, to me. So drive it up, make him Leo BB. He's he just oh hates my Ken God. Miles. He's just our, our villain. <laughs> yeah. Airbud, imagine Airbud locked in uh, locked in Carol's office, just barking his face off. While, yeah, and yeah, he's up on the window. He's up on the the door window watching yeah. Carol take Mister Ford out. And then he takes a shit in his office before he breaks through the window <laughs> to, to run out. Yeah. What if he's Henry Ford and he's telling Carol Shelby, like he's barking at Carol Shelby quietly, just like growling, like you think Roosevelt built Hitler? No, yeah. we we beat Hitler. Weird, weird sentence from a dog, but you know, it's it is yeah. a movie. Yeah, I, I I've I've grown to love this category because I think Airbud works for almost everybody. Dude, they should. Re- I'm I'm ready for the Airbud reboot whenever that happens. Man. The only sports movie franchise with more sequels than Airbud, I think, is Rocky. Like Air <laughs> Man, Airbud, they keep, they keep cranking them out. So there's there's always Cash cow, there's always room, always room for more Airbud. Always. Um, the Big Chill. So like I hinted at earlier, I don't think this has an actual Big Chill moment. The closest I, thing I think is when Ken is duking it out with the Ferrari car for the last time and it blows up and Ken realizes that he's won this race. I, so I had the closest thing being when he sets the lap record at Le Mans after he gets word that they want him to slow down. Cause it's, it's really just mm. this great middle finger to BB and, and kind of the rest of Ford. But be, because this happens so much further after that crash that you were talking about. Cause, um, which is also a great moment too, where you're like, Oh my God, he did it right. After everything that he's gone through. Uh, but I just, I just love the, uh, him sticking it to them and, and BB losing his shit, watching him, you know, just do the opposite of what he asked him to do. That's a good one too. Uh, I was just looking at how many laps the average, car like the the car usually uh goes at Le Mans so I think that I think the I think they say his record is like three minutes and 20 seconds or something like that yeah um I I think the 2023 I guess that was ran recently uh covered by the winning Ferrari equal to 342 laps holy shit god too many too many laps the distance record in terms of laps at the Le Mans 24 hours is 397 laps complete in 2010 by Audi. Good God. Whew. That's, that is, a, that's just, that's a lot. It's a lot, it's a of, lot driving. of driving. <laughs> um, <laughs> before more restore last category, would you rather see a prequel sequel or remake of this one? Um, this movie came out in 2019. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff out. Um, a, a sequel would be bleak. <laughs> We've yeah. lost one of our leads. His, his son is maybe racing. I had prequel. Um, I want to, cause I want to know more about Carol Shelby's rise to stardom. I'd imagine it's some sort of entourage esque rise. He's just getting a bunch of ass on the SCCA mm-hmm. circuit. It has, has to be, yeah. has to be. 
I feel like he would, from what we learn, like, I don't know shit about him besides the, and before this, I didn't know anything at all besides, like, the Shelby Cobra car. Right. And, and like, the Shelby edition of Ford. It's like, I honestly had no idea who Carol Shelby was. Couldn't have told you his first name. But what we learned about him in this, I would, you know, this probably wasn't the the highlight of his life. Yeah. Like, this part, like, but, like, we know he flew in the war. We know he won Le Mans was the first American to win Le Mans. We know he then developed this relationship with Ford. He would probably have an interesting, like you could make an interesting movie about him. I'm sure someone somewhere owns the rights to a script that's like the Carol Shelby biopic. Yeah. I, I'm i interested to learn more. He was, because they, they, they kind of throw you in right at the top with him just winning the race um, and then having the, right into the doctor's office. So you, that's what you associate him with more so is just kind of the end of his career and the sudden mm-hmm. end of it and just kind of convert or the other side, right? Of And you don't get to see any of the fame, but you get hints of it whenever he's in public and people are trying to take pictures with him, get an autograph. So just kind of learning more about him would be, I think, super interesting. I think so too. I think I think that would be the best way to, best way you could reuse this IP or the uh, Ken Miles landing a tank on the beaches of Normandy. Yes. World War II movie because I'm just I'm here for more World War II content because I've reached that level of fatherhood where that's absolutely something I consume on a very regular basis. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this movie. I mean, this movie banks. This movie's really, really good. They need to make more movies like this. Give me two leads. Give me some loud sounds, uh, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, ben, you are the best. Thank you for returning to the show. Thank you to the patrons for voting this movie in. Uh, great ben, votes. where can the folks follow you? Great votes. Great. They a lot of lot of great stuff on deck because of the yeah. Patreon. Because we've we've kept the votes going uh during the Ted Lasso season. So we've got kind of a backlog of patron voted voted in movies and we've got some good stuff coming up. But Ben, where can the folks follow you? Yeah, I know. Uh at Cruise Control, uh on Twitter, Instagram, that's control with a K. Just follow me on there and check out what we're doing. Uh at Ringer Wrestling is the other one that uh I'm closely associated with uh, over here with the stuff that we're doing at the ringer and just check out everything we're also we're doing at the ringer for all you nba heads uh again we're entering free agency this week uh, at the time of this recording and uh you know we're kind of shifting into off-season mode but i'm sure it'll be busy uh just like it always is uh, kyle and i were talking before we started it's it's become like a 24 hour or 365 day uh season so you know just check out what we're doing but Dude, thanks for having me, man. This is always a freaking blast. And just I, I love talking movies with you. So it's 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 always fun. Always a pleasure, man. And we'll we'll have you on sooner rather than later. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you wanna help support the show and vote on movies for this show to cover, go join the join the Patreon, patreon.com slash big screen sports if you're a baseball fan check out my interview series from phenom to the farm that's presented by baseball america new episode will come at you tomorrow i have no idea who it's going to be with because i haven't recorded it yet so big mystery for all of us but uh yeah baseball fan check out that and for big screen sports we'll see you next monday thanks for listening